The Astros are streaking. We're streaking! Uh, but in the wrong direction. Oh, no! We suck again! It's the people versus the 2023 Houston Astros. Whose fault is it? When can we expect this to turn around? We'll talk about it next on episode 28 of Stone Cold Strohs, and it starts right Welcome into Stone Cold Shows. I'm Brandon Strange. I'm joined by senior content contributor Charlie Palillo. Follow him on Twitter at Palillo and read his weekly column on sportsmap.com. And next to him on screen is sportsmap.com editor Josh Jordan. You can follow him on Twitter as well at Josh Jordan 975. And when you're not watching SportsMap content, please be sure to listen to our sister platform, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 in Houston. Gentlemen, how's it going? Well, there's a sports maxim that you're never as good as you seem to be when things are going well. And you're never as bad as you be, seem to be when things are going poorly. It's actually a dubious saying. When the Astros won the World Series, they, they were that good at the end of last year. Presently, the roof is not caving in. It's a very bad stretch. Having a couple of contractor phone numbers at the ready, not a bad idea. Uh, but things are not as bad in the big picture as they look in the smaller picture. But I'm certainly not saying this is a good team right now because it absolutely is not. Yeah, they got work to do, Brandon. But like Charlie said, it, it it's not over yet. We got a lot of baseball left. And speaking of numbers, episode 28, I always give Charlie the chance to call out a uh, a number that correlates to the episode number we're on. So your favorite Astro number 28, Charlie. I don't know about uh, favorite, but in terms of my time covering Houston, which precludes Cesar Cedeno, uh, Billy Spires is the first 28 that pops into my head. A very versatile, better version, except he really can play shortstop as well as Mauricio Dubon. Well, uh, I'll go with Adam Everett, who is the Mendoza line for shortstop production in Houston, uh, although probably... You know, more meaningful to the uh, the group is the uh, 2019 World Series catcher Robinson Chirinos. But guys, let's let's get right into it. It was a bad week for the uh, GM Jeff Bagwell apologists who were doing bat flips and home run slides at the beginning of the month, and uh, now have gone back into hibernation until Jose Abreu's next stretch of homers. Going back to the end of May. The Astros have dropped five of their last eight series, two of which were to the A's, and the other was the Angels in which they split. They are 0-6 and in extras. In the people versus the Houston Astros, who is the most to blame for the mediocre season Houston currently finds themselves in? Well, it's a comprehensive case, and they start the Mets series 33 wins, 33 losses against everybody but the Oakland A's this season. The very essence of mediocrity. 33 up, 33 down. Jordan's return doesn't fix everything. Okay, I'll start with the big picture, and then I guess we can narrow it down as we kick it around from there. Uh, it might not have appeared brutal at the time, but the executive branch, right? Jim Crane, I got this. I got this. Have you met my close personal friends, Reggie Jackson and Jeff Backwell? We got this. We got this. We kicked this around a little last week. At point of signing, other than guaranteeing a third year to Jose Abreu, that wasn't a preposterous move. He was a productive player last year, the power warning signs. But that he would fall off a cliff like this? 
No one reasonable would have foreseen that. However, the results have been what the results have been. It's Rafael Montero coming around, right? They overpaid him three years for a guy in his 30s who'd had one good major league season. Didn't appear to be a ridiculous signing. Well, at this point, a ridiculous signing. Who were they bidding against on Michael Brantley, who this weekend will reach the one-year mark since he last played in a major league game, guaranteeing him a full $12 million plus incentives? Looks really, really stupid because whether that impinged upon uh, Crane's desire to go out and spend a little more money elsewhere, the Astros are still 15 to $20 million below that first competitive tax level, or, or they just thought, well, we can futz around with injuries because it's what we do as the Astros. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. And that Michael Brantley goes out in late June and takes a couple batting practice swings. Are we all supposed to go yippee? By the way, Michael Brantley's OPS last season, lower than what Chaz McCormick's is now. So Michael Brantley coming back isn't getting back 2019 Michael Brantley, uh, much less Mel Ott. Uh, just random great left-handed hitting outfielder popped in my head. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Chaz McCormick, this team needs offense. This guy needs to be playing every day. What, what are we doing here? I mean, in his last 15 games, he's hitting 296. Corey Jolks, the, the amount of playing time he keeps getting, it, it makes no sense to me. He's he's hitting 191 over his last 15 games. He he doesn't make a lot of hard contact at all this year. The numbers back that up. And then when you do play him, you, you lead him off and give him the most at-bats. These are just things where I'm like, come on, Dusty. It's not your fault that the offense isn't as good as it was last year, but you need to do little things to kind of accommodate it and push it along. You know, Yiner needs to be DHing a almost all the time these are little tweaks. even jake myers I, I know he hasn't been very good lately he's hitting 178 over his last 15 games but i'm of the opinion just put him and mccormick out in the outfield and, and just leave it for the time being that's your best defensive lineup you could argue it's also your best offensive lineup jolks is he's just not doing it for you he's getting too much playing time Every now and then, fine, but he's playing too often, especially at the expense of Chas McCormick, who we saw, what was it, the first two games of the year? Dusty didn't even play him. There's something with he just doesn't like playing Chaz as much as the fans do and the numbers dictate. Cosign on Chaz, and we don't have a body of work sufficient enough to say, oh, he's turned the corner. Right? For fans and for some observers, overreacting in the very short term is part of the fun. It's either the best ever or the worst ever. So people giddy. Oh, Abreu's back. Look at his exit velocity. He's always going to go on a home run jag. He's two for his last 16 with six strikeouts. Myers is two for his last 26. A month ago, whoa, looked like Jake Myers had turned a corner and was earning predominant playing time in center field. So while it's still not enough breadth of plate appearances, go with what you have in the near term. You know, any glass of water will do if you're dying of thirst. Chaz McCormick has really cleaned up those lopsided platoon numbers. Last year, he was god-awful against righties and brutalized lefties. First two months or so of this season, he was playing par on the same course, clobbering left-handed pitching, lousy against right-handed pitching. Well, he's been hitting all pitching over the last three weeks or so. Uh, OPS against righties now within 30 points, 25, 30 points of what it's been against left-handed pitching. And uh, I'll throw in for a guy by the name of Chaz, given any reasonable opportunity to do so. Corey Jolks is a nice story. Friendswood, U of H. And they'll pop the occasional home run. They'll steal the occasional base. Body of work. He's a sub-700 OPS guy. Uh, teacher's pet partial status, I think, from Dusty on Jolks. 
Maldonado has full teacher's pet status. So if we're going to give it the Dusty blame game, and it's not predominant blame on Dusty. He didn't swing the bat or throw the pitches. But that Maldonado has started 61% of their games through 70 games of the season on pace for 99 starts. It's ridiculous. He's a bad player. When he throws out one base dealer, oh, machete, machete. He sucks at throwing out base dealers this year. He did add a fifth pass ball of the season. And even by Maldi standards, at the plate, he's moldy. Five for his last 49. Yiner Diaz should be catching the majority of the games and getting spotted bats at first base as well as designated hitter. I'm not saying Diaz is Albert Pujols on the cusp, but he's a hell of a lot better than Maldonado. He's a hell of a lot better than Abreu. And he continues to get less playing time than both at this point. I'm going there again managerial misconduct negligence pick your word in the style of clue it is hard not to say that it is not dusty in the dugout with a lineup card uh jeremy pena like has performed well in the two spot and yet we don't see him there and i'm not saying that's the answer i'm just saying there's there's there there are things that are happening that are really hard to explain from a management perspective, the Chaz McCormick, I'll just touch on the things you guys, the Chaz McCormick deal, the Yiner Diaz, let me put him in that same category. It wasn't until uh, Jordan went down that Yiner started getting the playing time that we all thought he should be getting, especially as your supposed catcher of the future, his love for Maldi, the strange decisions and pinch hitting, uh, continuing to use Montero in high leverage situations. I'm not, I know you're, limited in your arm usage but maybe just move it around a little bit and i know look people have to perform brian abreu has also not been the same unhittable guy that he was last year he's only carrying a 2.08 era but he is not pitching with confidence you can just see it with the in with the eyeball test and in critical moments he's given up runs I mean, Montero is what Montero is. He's he's carrying a six six seven ERA right now with a whip of one seven five. This has been a spiral season for him, or probably just a regression to the mean, as you said, Charlie. He had one good season and he got a three year deal off of that good season. Ryan Presley, a guy who converted thirty three of thirty seven save opportunities last year, he's already blown three saves this year, and we're not halfway through the season. His slider, the the league is seemingly caught up to it. He was throwing it in situations in which they're sitting on it to on a global sense. Charlie, I think you hit on something that's really hard to ignore. Jim Crane is always going to be by until someone dethrones him. He's going to be de facto the best sports owner, sports franchise owner that Houston's ever seen. But it sure seems that a guy who's been so smart to this point was without an effective transition plan letting James Click walk. He knew that was likely the outcome. And it sure seemed like his plan was just to keep the team together and let a champion be a champion. It looks like it's going to be a lot more complicated than that. It sure seems like he underestimated the role and the responsibilities, especially as it pertains to the offseason. And now Dana Brown has a much taller task than just inheriting a champion and kind of plugging in some pieces where it's needed. He has to bail water while weathering a storm right now. And I, I guess my next question after this is what, what does it look like for Houston, whose championship window we talked about, how many years was it? What does this type of season and, and kind of the trajectory they're on, how do we have to now 
reevaluate what this team's championship window is? Well, uh, Altuve had the, the huge game Saturday. If he stabilizes as Altuve, not 2017 Altuve, but really good Altuve, even if not quite as good as last year's Altuve, who was having an okay season but had the big finish that got his overall numbers, the 300 batting average, OPS 160. But Altuve is just really good. Um, Dubon did a fine job as a fill-in, but Mauricio Dubon is not a plus offensive player. He'd be the eighth or ninth best offensive player in the Rangers lineup. Same with the Rays lineup. Leading off a guy with a 311 on base percentage and no power. Uh, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. But Dubon is not a good offensive player. Even batting 290, he's not a good offensive player. So Altuve getting all that playing time helps. Um, there's still a core. Uh, Alex Bregman, you know, if we're going to talk about blame on the player level, Mediocrity has value. Average has value when it's supplementing excellence, right? Your Joe everyday guys, they help when the superstars are doing the heaviest lifting. Average mediocre is better for your second tier guys than crappy. Well, Bregman is paid like a superstar, hasn't played like a superstar since 2019. He's a totally mediocre player. This season, right? He had the surge for about a month, hitting 350. Okay, Breggy's back. Well, is which Breggy is back? Uh, he had a nice game Sunday, but he'd been for hunger for a week and a half. Uh, I test. He plays a heck of a third base. He's great on those in between hop plays. Well, the advanced metrics say he's an average defensive third baseman, and by the way, he's a scatter arm. Alex Bregman's now committed more errors this season than he committed all of last season. And the same number that he committed in all of 2021 when he only played 90 games because of injuries. So, you know, Alex Bregman batting second, third cleanup every night as an absolute mediocre baseball player this season, that's among their problems. So if he's going to bounce back, I think his very best baseball is behind him. He's one of the slowest players now in the major league, major leagues. He was never a speed guy, but he's very slow. So the ground ball in the hole, it's short that another guy, it's a fielder's choice with Bregman. It's a double play. Um, if he's on first and a ball's hit to the left field corner that a lot of other runners might score on, he's going to have to stop at third. Um, you know, the stuff on the margins matters more when you're not just smashing it overall. So if you get some of Bregman back, you get Altuve back, you have Jordan, you have Kyle Tucker. All right, that's still a four-man nucleus that's really good. Uh, I'm very happy holding on to Yiner Diaz stock as becoming a, a secondary guy in that lineup. And then it goes to Dana Brown and anyone else in filling in the parts, you know, do one or two of their younger outfielders. Drew Gilbert's stinking it up right now at double A after a hot start, whether that elbow problem, he's only DHing factors in. Jacob Melton's been okay. Colin Barber's been okay. Um, Joey Loperfito at double A. Is that a surging prospect or a guy just having a nice season at double A? They need to produce talent that is better than Jake Myers, probably better than Chaz McCormick, certainly better than the great Kessingers and Mauricio Dubons who are filling guys at best. I mean, the Astros weren't going to remain awesome forever. Uh, let me throw in that, you know, the, the sky's darkest before the dawn for this season. Misery loves company, right? Check the Yankees record. Check the Dodgers record. You want a bigger laugh? I mean, maybe Verlander no hits them Tuesday night, but the Mets, the Padres, the two mega, 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 mega spenders, both sub 500. Now, if you're an Astros fan, well, I don't care about all their problems. I'm worried about my team, but you still need context. And if the Rangers are going to pull away and win the American League West, which happens by July 4th, if the Astros don't come out of it a little bit 
And by the end of that four-game series with the Rangers, if the Astros are nine games out, um, or maybe the worm turns. But it's disappointing when worms seem to turn up in Arlington. They lose three out of four at home to the Angels. The Astros wind up losing ground for the week. And oh, by the way, now they're behind the Angels. Um, but hope is not lost. They still have the 1-2-3 starting pitching locked up for years to come. And whether it's Arquiti, Garcia, McCullers, Whitley, whatever, you can work to add fourth and fifth starters. Um, the bullpen, as I ramble here, forgive me, a lot on the table from this last week. Uh, the bullpen seems to be a mess, right? Presley last two, three weeks, not good. Montero, unrelenting disaster. Maton, even mortal, a couple of outings within the last week and a half. Well, they still start this week leading the major leagues in earned run average so that there's some woebegone pitching staff and they don't have a nucleus with which to work. But the top-to-bottom roster at this point just isn't very good. It's not terrible. And if you're at least reasonably good, especially with a young pitching core, you're not all that far away. I mean, from being a 105-win team again, perhaps. But that this team this year can be a playoff team and you get in the playoffs, you give yourself a chance. That's the realistic goal. You're not writing off the division by any means yet to the Rangers. They could crash and burn. The Astros could get it going. But the Astros are just another team trying to make the playoffs right now. That in itself is not catastrophic. Yeah. When we look at Breggy, maybe on the positive side, he, he got a text from Brian McCann, former Astro, telling him to, to move his front elbow up a little bit. He went three for five on Sunday. Maybe that helped. We also see Pena making some tweaks. He's going back to the leg kick. We remember he got rid of that during the playoffs last year, and he, he went off on a run with that. So maybe that tweak could help Pena. It's kind of interesting, though. He's not going to the leg kick on two strike counts. So I'm curious to see if he's going to be able to, to execute that. I understand the reasoning behind it, but you know, changing your me mechanics, you know, that can be difficult. Maybe that'll help. I think definitely getting Pena hitting second, getting Bregman hitting fourth. Look, it works. Why screw with it? If it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. If they hit better that way, then hit them there. And we haven't seen Altuve hitting leadoff anymore. What happened to that? So these are things I'm just really curious. You know, if you're struggling with the bats, why not? Put them in a place where they've been the most successful, they're the most comfortable, and go that route. And then finally, the one thing I wanted to hit on is, you know, a lot of people are kind of looking at, oh, this is where the Astros were June 19th of last year. They're really not that far off course. Well, keep this in mind. They started the season at different times these past years. This year started on like March 30th. The season started on, I believe, April 7th last year. So in reality, we're 72 games in right now. So it's a different world right now. The Astros winning percentage is 542 last year. They were at 625 at, at 72 games into the season. So they really are a little further off the pace than, than people realize just because the, the schedule is different this season. Look, the last time they were 39 and 33 after 72 games is the last time they missed the playoffs. There's also a really good team in the division this year, right? Oakland was strong for a year or two. Well, the Astros were stronger, not the case anymore. The Astros have Jordan, and I'd still take Kyle Tucker over uh, Adelise Garcia, but they're a push. Other than that, the Astros don't have one guy, not one guy, having a better position at his position than what the Rangers have at, at their position. And the Rangers starting pitching earned run average, it's one-tenth of a run lower than the Astros. Right? The big difference between these two teams is the bullpen. The Rangers are going to go fix their bullpen. Uh, the Astros are not the favorite right now to win the American League West. Hey, an upset is fun if they get it together and pull it off or if the Rangers fall like a lead balloon. 
Um, but poo-pooing it, oh, the Astros have this, the Astros have this. Now, if you are a fan and just totally want to go with the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil uh, approach, that is okay. But it precludes you from intelligent discourse on what the state of the ball club is. So guys, let's look for some hope. Talked about all that is wrong. It's not going to start with Lance McCullers, at least this season. We got news last week that uh, Lance McCullers had surgery on his arm. So we we wish him the best, and you should wish him the best as a fan because you're stuck with him. Uh, five years, $85 million. No Twitter. The Astros aren't going to eat that salary and cut him. No YouTube comment section. The Astros aren't going to designate him for assignment. He's not going to retire. He's here. Uh, he's every bit as disappointed uh, that he can't play, so you better root for him to have a speedy recovery. Michael Brantley, we talked about a little earlier in the first topic. Uh, he's working his way back into shape, taking live BP on the field. It's something to be optimistic about, and this team could desperately use a Michael Brantley. Jordan Alvarez, probably still another month out, but certainly this series of games here shows you anything. It's that they desperately need his bat in the lineup and how different they look without him in the lineup. Uh, Jose Arquiti reportedly threw 10 pitches off the mound. So uh, maybe a month, I, who knows? But what you do know is that on deck for this team right now are the Mets, Dodgers, and Cardinals, all teams that have struggled. Now, granted, they're going to be looking at Houston the same way with, you know, salivating in the same way that Houston looks at them and says, we need to, to eat during this stretch. The Astros have been in a stretch of games where we projected they would eat. They haven't eaten so far. They're starving. What are the bright spots for, for all that we, we see that's wrong with it? When can we expect a turnaround based on these circumstances with the players coming back and based on the line or the, uh, the stretch of games ahead of us? Well, sometimes things just turn because they turn. The ebb and flow of uh, 162 games. That's not what you want to hang your hat on. Uh, that Jordan is going to be gone for about another month is a crusher because he's the very simple answer. Right? It's one of the premier sluggers in the game. They weren't all that great as a lineup when Jordan was in there, but boy, that just punches such a hole in the lineup. So if you can stabilize with Jordan's health, if out of the all-star break, Jordan and Altuve are both healthy the rest of the way. Uh, I know people were butchering Dusty somewhere for sitting Altuve Sunday, uh, but you do need to be mindful of the long game. You know, one more oblique injury for Altuve, it could be two months. Right? Jordan comes back too soon, plays eight days in a row, swings too hard. It could be over for him this season. Uh, so you do need to play the, the long course. Um, you know, there's still that element of Astros pedigree, a lot of turnover with the roster, but you still have enough core guys used to winning who know how to win. Uh, Bregman needs to be better. It's as simple as that. Uh, the three biggest stars in this lineup are supposed to be Jordan, Altuve, Bregman. Collectively, if they play like it in the second half, uh, the Astros at worst are going to be in the wildcard race right down to the end, as long as Fromber, Javier, Hunter Brown all stay healthy and pitch well. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of interesting. If you look back to last season, game 72 was that final game against the Yankees that the Astros lost. They split that series. Then game 73, remember, they played the Mets, and the Astros swept that series against the Mets in New York last year. The Mets are in town Monday night to play the Astros. Maybe you can, maybe you get a back-to-back -back sweep. Maybe that's something positive you can look forward to. I think with the injuries, something positive, you get Michael Brantley back. 
then maybe Jake Myers and Corey Jolks, you don't have to play all that much. You can play Chaz in center. You put Brantley in left, and you DH Yiner and get him in the lineup every day. I think immediately, if Brantley was to come back, that could help the offense get going. Speaking with the media after this last series, Dusty Baker kind of pointed to the young roster and said that these are just kind of the uh, growing pangs that you feel with a young roster. But that's kind of taking for granted the fact that part of your young roster is the reason why you have the league's best uh, ERA right now, because you've had, you've been able to lean on a guy like JP France and a guy like Brandon Belak, who you wouldn't normally want to count on actually came up and performed very serviceably for you. It was always on a razor's edge, but uh, to that point, JP France looks like he's a guy who, is is cut out for the major leagues. I think, you know, long-term, this may be, you you may have brought him up sooner than you anticipated, but you see now that J.P. France seems to be, at this point, knock on wood, a legitimate back-end-of-the-rotation starter. For all the complaining that we do, and we do a lot, uh, for all the complaining about Dusty's managing and his lineups, he did just win a World Series last year with almost the same roster, if the team gets hot again, and we're talking about Jordan Alvarez coming back, does that real does it really even matter how he fills up the lineup card or how he's pitch hitting in certain situations? Is it really just about the roster just has to perform? Are we overthinking it on Dusty's part? Oh, much more so as a factor than what Dusty does. And Dusty does some daffy stuff. Right? More than a quarter century as a major league manager, he's never been a distinguished tactician. The great handler of the clubhouse and day-to-day, you know, people might poo-poo, esprit de corps and morale. When you're together almost every day for six months, the grind of 160, 162 games, that stuff has, has a lot uh, of value. Uh, but his idea that, oh, we're just the kitty strows, and that explains it, I mean, that's a joke. Uh, Maldonado is ancient. Abreu has looked ancient. Pena was the young rising star last year. Is that the young guy you're talking about? Bregman's 29, been a disappointing player this season. The young guys, 27-year-old Chaz McCormick, after Jordan and Kyle Tucker, limited playing time, Altuve, McCormick's been your next, next best offensive player. Right? Jolks is 27 years old. Myers is 26 years old. The problem is the Astros don't have young rising prospects to promote. The Reds came in there and beat the crap out of them over the weekend. The Reds lineup is full of guys 23, 24, 25 years old. So until the Astros can promote some really young prospects, you know, the next wave of Perhaps not as good as, remember when the Astros were so young and inexperienced? Gee, I wonder how could they possibly win with Altuve and Springer and Bregman and Correa? Uh, talent and talent and talent and talent. And the Astros right now just don't have enough of it. Doesn't matter about the age. Yeah, obviously these guys have to hit. That, that's the most important thing. But there are some things a manager can do to give you a better chance to win a ball game. And we know how bad Maldi's been. And when you see him coming up late in games and they decide not to pinch hit for him, it it kind of drives you crazy. I saw this stat on uh, an article for, article from Climbing Towels Hill. The Astros have pinch hit the least amount of times out of every team in MLB, 19 times this year. The league average is 44. So, I mean, think of at the end of those games when you have an opportunity to, to get somebody in there for Maldi, they're really not doing it all that often. We'd like to see that happen more, obviously. And, and the one other positive is, you know, run differential. I think they're only third in the AL behind the Rays and the, the Rangers. So there is something there. They're at plus 48 here, according to my notes. So 
there is some signs that this could come around for them. They're scoring runs. They're holding teams down. So they just need to get on a run here and get some guys healthy. Who hasn't thought at some point this season when Maldonado comes up, oh, strike out, it's better than grounding into a double play. <laughs> I mean, yeah. when you're rooting for a guy to strike out in the better interests as an outcome for your offense and lineup, I mean, the guy batting ninth isn't supposed to be a stud. But when he's batting 105 over his last 49 bats, by Maldi standards, he's having the worst offensive season of his career. Let me repeat. By Maldi standards, he's having the worst offensive season of his career. Gee, do they have anyone possibly available who maybe should be getting the majority of playing time a catcher right now? Can anyone help me with this? Uh, I, I can't think of anything. And, and you know, to, to that point about age, there is also such a thing as uh too young to know better. That's a that's an expression that we hear in sports as well. Is sometimes you know the uh, the older players who've been there and seen it and experienced the disappointments uh, regress back to that disappointing performance. And sometimes guys like Juan Soto just appear on the stage and steal the spotlight. Uh, Charlie, you mentioned it. The Reds came into Houston with their youngsters and and uh, and spanked uh, the Astros. And uh, we don't need to remind people about 2019. I just did, but yeah, it's, it's just been, it's been disappointing. I don't think putting age on it as a thing at all. I think it's, especially with the way the Astros have been able to integrate guys, especially young guys into their system. Also the guys that they're bringing up are more inexperienced than they are young. And so we'll have to see how uh, that plays out later in the season. I'll, I'll give you guys the final words here. I'll just throw in that, hey, obviously the injuries, big problem, Jordan and Altuve, the time they've missed between them. Uh, but to say, well, if the Astros have been healthy, they'd just be rolling right along. Well, the Astros last year were remarkably healthy. So unless you're going to say last year was all about good luck, no, it's about depth and being able to overcome. But last year, right, McCullers joined them in August. Other than the Brantley injury, right, the Astros had five pitchers start like 145 of their 162 games. You're not going to have that health every year. By the way, the Astros have no monopoly on injury issues. Aaron Judge has missed more games than Jordan, and Aaron Judge has been better than Jordan this season. The Yankees starting rotation has been destroyed by injuries this season. The Rays, the Rays have lost more good starting pitchers to injury this season than Garcia and Urquidy. Um, so you're either good enough to overcome, you can have a critical mass arrives, arise where, oh, geez, we're just not good enough anymore. Um, maybe that will be the epitaph for the 2023 Astros, but they're right in the thick of the fight. At minimum, a five-team battle for uh, the, the three wild card, card spots, or at least the, the last two wild card spots. The Orioles look pretty solid for one right now. Um, but anyone letting go of the rope, silly. Still a majority of the season remains. Yeah, I, I just like to see Yiner play a little bit more. He's your best offensive hitting prospect. Corey Jolts, you know, nothing against him personally. It was a good story, but Yiner needs to be getting the opportunities here. Uh, and if he's not, and we know they're not going to just take Maldonado out of this equation. So Yiner's going to have to play a lot as a DH uh, to go along with catching. And, and some of the guys are going to miss that playing time in turn. It needs to be guys like Corey Jolks. He's, he's a nice story, but he's not even at the top of your hitting prospects. Well, and you can't have a comeback story unless you have something to come back from. So this is the part they're going to have to make hay. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so.
And guys, that brings us to an, the end of another episode of Stone Cold Strohs. If you enjoy the show, please be sure to give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. Charlie, Josh, and I will catch you next week. Uh, but you don't have to wait that long to get your Houston sports fix. All you have to do is subscribe to Sports Map Houston on YouTube. And John Granado, Lance Zerline, and Josh Jordan will have you covered there. And remember, ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 FM has you covered on the radio dial in Houston. Thank you to producer Jack Brame for pushing the buttons. And thanks to everyone for listening. And until next time, go Strohs.